to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Welcome everyone to today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate podcast. I'm your host, Eileen Prack, and today our guest is Drew Pearson. Drew is a certified commercial investment member, licensed real estate broker, and has over 10 years of experience in the private equity market. He began his commercial real estate career at Ladder & Blum in Baton Rouge in 2008, and then transitioned to a boutique firm where he became a top-selling agent. And today, he has been personally involved in over $250 million of real estate transactions. So welcome to the show today, Drew. How are you doing? I'm doing great. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Thank you so much for joining me today on today's episode. Yeah, I'm happy to do it. It's always fun to talk shop. Absolutely. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your background, Drew, if you can share and how you got started in real estate. Sure. Yeah. I got started in brokerage in 07, 08. It wasn't the best time to get started fresh out of college, but just kind of backed into it. I was given a phone and a desk and said, get to work. I hope you can make it. And so just kind of figured out how to build a book of business, how to prospect, how to try to, to find opportunities. I spent the bulk of my career doing buyer representation. So rarely did I list a piece of property. Rarely did I have a sign in front of a building. I love the kind of bird dog deals, find owners, try to craft a deal. That's what was always exciting to me. And so, you know, I kind of ended up selling about $100 million of investment grade real estate across the country. Lots of Walgreens, Dollar Generals, AutoZones, uh, things like that. In 2015, my wife had the opportunity to go to Michigan to finish up some training. So while I was up there, I said, well, what else can I do to help kind of sharpen my skill sets? How can I learn more? What else can I do besides just brokerage? So I, I knocked on a, a group store, ProManus, a private equity firm up there and said, hey, I want to help you with acquisitions or work for free for a little while. And let's just see how it goes. So they kind of took me in and it was a great experience to just to see a different side of the business, to learn how to raise capital, structure documents, manage assets across state lines. It was really just a formative couple of years um, for me to learn more about the business. There's a lot of great things about Louisiana. We're not known for cutting edge anything. And so it was really kind of eye-opening to see how other people in other parts of the country do the real estate game. My wife and I had our, our second son in 18 and decided it was probably time to get closer to family. And it was too cold up there anyway. And so we moved home and I started Pearson Partners. Our first acquisition was an industrial, a vacant industrial building that I partnered with someone on. And that went well. We kind of got it leased up to Exxon, another publicly traded company. And then we bought a, a medical office park next to a hospital. We bought a single tenant industrial building. Bought another single tenant medical office building in Mississippi. And and I think that kind of got us through last year. And this year, we've really kind of gotten laser focus on what our business is. And we've moved into self-storage. We've purchased two storage facilities and we're closing on two more next month. And so I'm really excited about the future and uh, real estate in general. Oh, wow. Congratulations. <laughs> it's a little yeah. bit an exciting year for you guys. It is. Yeah. And so how did you decide to transition over into self-storage? COVID was an interesting year for a lot of us. Um, I had big goals 
for 2020 and frankly didn't meet them at all. As an out, as a goal and oriented, results oriented person, it was frustrating. It was disappointing. But I kind of needed to figure out what's a scalable strategy where there's opportunity. And self-storage continued to rise to the top. Our business model is technology heavy. We rarely have a customer facing manager where you can walk up and get your unit shown to you, things like that. Our customers sign leases online or over the phone. They pay by credit card or check only. So we look for properties that are uh, kind of mom and pop run without a lot of technology. And we can come in and kind of reduce the friction between the customer and renting the unit, upgrade security, power wash, clean it up. And uh, based on our feedback, really just improve the product and the customer experience. And so for you guys, you talked a little bit about the technology focus. What are some of the ways that you've been um, focused on the technology side of things? I think we've got some great properties, commercial properties, but nothing else lends itself to technology like multifamily and specifically self-storage. And in my humble opinion, there's just more opportunity in self-storage right now. Multifamily is kind of like the word is out. It's been out for a decade. So on the self-storage side, we have a third-party call center open six days a week. We take credit card and electronic check only. So we have a payment processor. We work hard for SEO, Google AdWords, a slick website that has a clear call to action. And again, if you're a tech person, this is very obvious stuff. But for just for simple-minded real estate folks, it's kind of cutting edge. And so for, you mentioned a little bit about 2020 and how you weren't able to hit your real estate investing goals, but in 2021, you know, now you're focused on the self-storage. So how do you see self-storage in terms of like the market going and how it's going to be performing down the road? Well, that's a great question. If we look historically, if we count March of last year as a recession, it's self-storage has performed the best over the last two recessions. Uh, It's the least foreclosed upon of all major asset types. Uh, The first being mobile home parks, but that's not really like a a true institutional asset class in a lot of people's opinions. So excellent kind of margin of safety, excellent tenant diversity. You know, our properties have two and 300 plus tenants. So if five leave, I don't don't lose any sleep over it. But I think it's going to perform very well. Now, the big caveat is in major markets, it's getting overbuilt. And so you got to be careful about that. The biggest problem with self-storage is self-storage. But we're investing in more in secondary and tertiary markets where there's just not a huge incentive to go drop in a $10 million cube smart to flood the market. And so our thesis is that smaller markets can almost act as a little bit of a moat around our existing business. Got it. And then so then for you, Drew, will you be focusing on self-storage going forward? And then you said you're going to be closing in two more deals in the next month. So then what is kind of like your focus for like 2021 and the out years? Yeah. So self-storage is our core focus and core business right now. We've built systems and processes to buy and close these in an efficient manner. It's one thing to buy three a year. It's another thing to buy 10 and 12 a year. There's a completely different set of processes and teams that you need in place to close that many and transition ownership. We've built a proprietary database where we prospect every day and build direct relationships with owners. We also work hard to build relationships with brokers. And so um, that is our core focus. And that's not to say we won't buy an industrial deal that kind of comes across my desk, 
but we're not actively prospecting for that. And the story that we're really telling around our business is the self-storage story. We love hosting this show. When we started this podcast, we were doing all the editing and post-production ourselves. Now, we are very excited to have this particular company as a partner of the show to do all the post-production for us because it gives us the freedom to focus on the two things we care about, serving you, our listener, at a higher level and growing our own multifamily business. If you are like Sayla and me, then you want to add value to others while scaling your business. A podcast is the best way to do both, and we invite you to contact Adam Adams. He can help you launch your podcast, market your show for more listeners, and take all the post-production off your plate so you can focus on your business instead of in it. Listeners of this show can get a free consultation with Adam. To schedule your free consultation, find the link in the show notes. Were you, Drew, you have a lot of experience in, you used to be a, a broker yourself, and then you also have experience in the private equity space. And then now you're also done some industrial commercial properties as well as self-storage. As you've been transitioning from each of the different areas and within real estate, what has been the biggest challenge that you faced as you were transitioning? That's a great question. And, you know, like while all the experience does add up, it's within us, within a field, it's a challenge. Like what I've really learned from the ownership business is we own industrial medical office and now storage. Let's just say each asset type has five separate problems. Well, now I have 15 problems that I have to solve for and build systems around. And that's really hard given a small staff. And so by focusing on self-storage, we get repeatable problems that we can solve around, which just helps us grow and improve better. Uh, So I would say that's one of the biggest lessons. While the brokerage gives you a great insight into the business, it's related experience, but it certainly doesn't give you like this golden key to the ownership side. Ownership is completely separate, kind of like owning and managing and leading a team is completely separate than being a broker. But it did help me like understand values and rental rates and where things I think are headed. Yeah. And at each point in your in the process of doing the transitions, you know, like how did you know that it was time to transition over to something new and and shift <laughs> your focus? I, you know, I don't know. I guess it just kind of <laughs> becomes apparent. Like you, you have to find opportunity, and if there's no opportunity, you, you got to go. And it's all up to you. You, you got to go out and find it. And, And I hope to be in the self-storage business a long time. I have concerns that, look, we're closing deals and finding good value. Is this going to be here in five years or seven years? I'm not sure, but we'll seek to find value somewhere else in real estate if it's not. Maybe that's development. Maybe it's foreclosed commercial assets in another part of the world. But, you know, really our core focus is delivering great returns to our investors by seeking value. And so a lot of times opportunities can be presented right in front of your face. And sometimes you can miss those opportunities. What are some of the ways that you kind of that have helped you to recognize these opportunities and take action on those? You know, that's such a great question. There's still a deal that I kick myself on. I'm like, ah, should I have bought that one? And it's still 50-50, which means you probably shouldn't have done it. I don't know. I mean, that's such a good question. And action is almost like a muscle. Like when you go work out, you're used to working out and it's a habit. And action is almost like that. If you sit around too long or you haven't taken big action before, it's hard. But I think by taking small actions and doing small deals gets you kind of in the game 
and um, can help you take more and bigger action in the future. Yeah, I really like that you said it's like a muscle, you know, so the more you exercise it, the more and more you can start to recognize different things and bigger, bigger opportunities that like are in front of your face and then are presented to you and so that you're able to, you know, recognize it and then take those actions and then continue to move forward. Right. And I think um, specialization is big on that, too. I mean, if you're going to do any commercial real estate deal that comes across your desk, well, there's so many variables and nuances to figure out. If you're saying, look, I'm only doing multifamily, I'm only doing storage, then you can understand those opportunities quicker and waste less time. Absolutely. So Drew, how has real estate investing impacted your life? For me, it's a ton of fun. I just I really enjoy thinking about it. I write about it. It's provided a nice living for me and I, and I get to do, I get to work and I love to do what I get to do, you know? And so also you mentioned that in 2018, you had your second child and, you know, a lot of the times it's, it's kind of difficult to juggle family and, you know, building up your business at the same time. And so for other parents out there who are trying to do the same thing or something similar within real estate, can you give some advice on how you've been able to balance your time and making sure that, you know, you spent, you're spending enough time with your family at the same time, making sure that you're spending enough time on the business as well? Yeah, it's it's really a challenge, you know. This is going to sound bad. The quote that comes to my mind is the best way to make a small fortune in real estate is to start off with a big one. And I know that's not going to really help people, but it it's just it's hard and it takes patience and I think there's so many folks out there who are like real estate's a kind of a get rich quick in a year or two. You know, if you're starting at zero like so many people do, it takes decades to build and to create relationships and to understand all these things. So my biggest advice is to just prepare for the long game. I look at this as a 50 year career. I'm not interested in what's going to happen next year. I just want to be able to stay and play the game for as long as I'm walking around. And um, that would be my advice. And so what is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? You know, I wish I was in storage. 10 years ago. <laughs> but they say the best time to plant an oak tree is 20 years ago. And the next best time is today. And so get started today. And then, but balance, you're not, I'm not answering your question. I think on the ownership side, we talk about real estate as a passive business, and it's really not. There are all kinds of problems and challenges every day. So just be prepared for those. And also realize starting out, you are constantly selling yourself. I sell myself to investors, to bankers. Hell, I even got to sell myself to myself. <laughs> you know? So just don't be shocked about that. Yeah. It's uh, like you're, you know, you wake up and you look at yourself and you're trying to tell yourself what you're trying to accomplish and then just keep reminding yourself every day why you're doing what you're doing. Right. Right. And it helps if you like it. I don't know how you do it. I don't know how you just do it for the money or whatever, because it, it takes a long time to get anywhere and just enjoy this stuff. And what is one thing that sets the successful people apart in the real estate investing business? I think patience. And if you're just starting out in real estate, it helps to kind of have some ancillary sources of income, patience, and to be able to find the right deal and to not be forced to do deals is really important. Real estate is a great compounder of wealth, but it's hard to generate quick wealth in real estate for a lot of people. And so just having that patient long-term mindset, I think is really beneficial. 
Yeah, absolutely. You never want to get into the wrong types of deal. So you don't want to base anything on your emotions. You want to base it off of the numbers and the actual data that's happening and fall in love with that, not necessarily the drama. Right. So Drew, do you have any advice for anyone getting started in real estate that you could provide, you know, as they're taking that first steps? Yeah, I don't know. That's, that's That's a really broad answer. I mean, a question... I don't know much about the residential game or the wholesale game or any of that others, those other little things. You know, if you're looking to buy a commercial real estate asset and kind of create some passive income, I would try to get specific. I would say, listen, I want to be within 60 miles of my hometown. I would pick an asset class, whether that's office, retail, industrial, self-storage. I would create a business plan and say, listen, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to prospect every day. I'm going to meet brokers. I'm going to talk to bankers. I'm going to get all this stuff lined up and have a a written business plan proposal and either use my own capital or try to go find a partner, you know, say, Hey, listen, I need someone else to help me sign the loan. I'm going to bring in 25% of the capital. I need you to bring in 75% and um, we're going to go to work together. And assuming you have a good reputation and, um, with some hard work and some cold calls and some hustling, I think you can find a deal in 12 months. Awesome. Yeah, I really appreciate that, Drew. And thank you so much for sharing. And so if our listeners wanted to find out more about you, Drew, and what you do, um, can you, where's the best place to find that? Yeah, I'm on, uh, I have a website, PearsonPartnersPE.com, where um, we've got a little bit of what we do. And I also have a a writings blog on there where I kind of come out with a new essay every couple of weeks. I'm also on Twitter, uh, which is dpierce85, D-P-E-A-R-S-8-5. Or you can email me at drew at pearsonpartnerspe.com. Awesome. Thank you so much, Drew. I really appreciate everything that you shared today. And thank you so much for coming on to the show. All right. Y'all have a great day. Thank you. See ya. Bye. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavest Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifacecapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.